So welcome to the Expert Edge. Today's conversation is with Amber Lillystrom. Now, Amber, if you don't know her, she is going to really inspire you to go after the truth of who you want to be in the marketplace. Uh, she's been featured on Forbes, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur Magazine. She works with you know some of the biggest names in the industry, and she's really just built a business that I think for most people, they would want to have themselves. Uh, she's highly successful. She's a dear friend of mine. And this is going to really bless you because we go deeper, not just not just into her business, but really the message of how or the pathway of how she built her business and and the core driving factors that have created so much success on many levels for her. We talk about some of, we go straight into really like some of her childhood traumas that occurred and how that was a catalyst for a huge change in her life and really showing up and finding her truth. We talk about uh, creating a business that serves her life as opposed to uh, her just serving her business all the time. Uh, we go deep into really how she's been able to let go of industry pressures and break through industry kind of norms to be able to do what Ever she wants in her business. And really, you're going to leave with this sense of an inspiration and actions for really building a business that leaves a legacy for what is important to you. And so you're going to be blessed. I trust and I hope you enjoy this whole experience with Amber Lillystrom. Let's get into it. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So welcome to the Expert Edge. I am really excited to have Amber Lillystrom here. Uh, welcome to the conversation. Thanks, Colin. I'm so excited to be here with you. <laughs> love it. Love it. So uh, we have been, uh, we met each other about what, uh, just over a year ago, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we were part of a peer mastermind together and it's been amazing getting to know you and getting to know your philosophy. And I just know from in the dynamics in our conversations, even in our groups, like you just bring this amazing sense of like groundedness and really getting to the heart and to the core of things of, of, you know, the message and building an expert business. And I wanted to bring you on this show because I know you've had a lot of success in building your expert business. And I wanted to deep dive into what are some of the things that have given you the edge? What are some of the things that have really like opened up your heart to new possibilities uh, in building your business? And I also love that, you know, I really love bringing people on who live a holistic life. And if you follow Amber, which I definitely recommend you to do, um, check out her Instagram. Like she literally lives on the lake. Like if you, <laughs> my wife has a lot of envy of your house uh, and like she outlooks onto this beautiful lake. And so uh, I'm just excited to have this conversation now. So I guess the first thing would be, tell me about what got you started into this like coaching expert kind of space. Tell me your journey, your, your story. Mm, yeah. Thank you, Colin. I appreciate all the kind words and um, 
you guys are welcome here anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'll take so, it out. <laughs> yeah. And our kids are all in the perfect age. So they would have a lot of fun together. Um, so yeah. How did my, my story begin? You know, I think the best place to start is it, it's always at the beginning, you know, and, um, the very short version of the start of my life, honestly, is that I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And my earliest memory is that. And, um, how, as much as I would love to erase that from being my earliest memory, it is, that's what it is. And after that, um, I had the opportunity to go to court and testify against my abuser. Um, and I say that, you know, uh, the opportunity, I was six years old. So my daughter is six and that was the age at which I was standing in front of a room full of adults having my first speaking gig, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I mean, unique speaking gig. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I was telling, I was storytelling, you know, at age wow. six in front of a room full of adults who are looking at me to, to judge whether or not I was telling the truth. And so I think it's really important to start there because obviously I've done a lot of unpacking um, to understand how that's sort of played out in the context of my personality, um, my purpose, just all of it. You know, like that, that's a huge part of the beginning of my life experience in this physical body, in this incarnation. And so um, the blessing of all of it was that my parents believed me and uh, honored me and my truth and, and wanted to help me get justice and protected me. The other side of that was that um, it was an extended family per member um, through marriage and that person, uh, my mom's side of the family sided with. And so it's this really interesting, the reason I'm talking about this is because I think, you know, truth, uh, the, the term truth in and of itself does not have a use, universal definition or meaning for people, right? So in the case of that experience, there were, there were family members who didn't want to believe that truth, mm -hmm. which was my truth. Yeah. And as a result of that, Colin, I felt abandoned by those family members and felt I, I created the story that I was wrong in a lot of ways. Like I was, I was bad. I was wrong because they, they left us as a family. So it's pretty intense, you know, to like kick off the, the life journey um, here. But I will say that the other thing that was required of me um, in that time was resolve and a deepened understanding of the, the term courage. I learned that really, really young. You know, I grew up in a flash because I was, you know, three, four, five uh, in therapy, going to, you know, talking to attorney generals and police officers and going just through that whole process of what happens when, when sexual abuse is reported. And, um, in a very different time than even now, you know, and I remember standing there as a little kid and hearing them saying to my mom, as I was getting older, because I was afraid to testify when I was four, um, she's not going to remember. So they were questioning my truth, you know, at this super young age and I could hear them saying it, wow. you know? And so it created this, this, like this opportunity for me throughout my whole entire life to, to ask myself always, like, what is my truth? and to learn how to, how to embrace it, and to learn how to see the ways in which I allowed other people's truths to sort of override mine. Mm -hmm. And um, that central suffering, frankly, that experience, you know, like that parlayed into, I had an eating disorder when I was in my teens. Um, I was a child who felt a deep responsibility to not burden people, so to not burden my parents. And at nine years old, I made the conscious choice that I was going to get uh, I wanted to go to college, but I knew my parents wouldn't be able to afford it. And so I just decided at nine, like, I'm going to 
right, okay, I'm going to become a soccer player. Um, like I'm terrible at it, but I feel like there's some possibility here and I'm going to learn this. And, uh, dad was a college athlete. That's how he went. So I just like put this, there's this little math equation. My little nine-year-old self was doing, and I just made a choice. Okay. I'm just going to like double down and do what I need to do to be good at this because that's, that's my ticket. That's how I'm going to be able to go to college and not burden my parents, you know? So my brain just kind of worked that way. And I think that, you know, um, the reason why I'm sharing these aspects in in relationship to the question that you asked me, Colin, is because I think it's so important to understand ourselves and to understand ourselves in the context and relationship to our own personal timeline and story. And that deep, deep work, you know, it's obviously very challenging. It's obviously painful in its own right. Um, But it's also incredibly liberating to feel that sense of self-mastery to know, you know, I have all of these gears, you know, I was six years old speaking in front of a room full of adults, sharing my truth. I was courageous enough to do that. You know, I learned what courage meant at a young age. I I have an emotional intelligence that's super evolved. And I did as a really young kid, you know, these are things about myself that helped me to do what I do, you know, and, and I remember being at that, that very young child and feeling as if I was sort of like receiving a message um, that, you know, this didn't happen to you for nothing, you know, and, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know if it was God, I don't know if it was whatever. I just remember hearing this message, this voice at one point, I mean, literally sitting on the floor playing with my Barbie dolls one day. And the message was, this didn't happen to you for nothing. You're here to help people. You're here to help others, you know? And I had a vision in my mind at that time of, of books and speaking and essentially doing what I'm doing now. Um, but of course it wasn't like, okay, yeah, I'm seven, eight years old. And I'm like, give me the microphone. Let's go. You know, I was just a child living my life. My parents were, did, they worked their, their butts off to create normalcy. My mom sold her entrepreneurial um, photography business. She was super, super successful. And, um, she was literally published in powder magazine. I mean, she, she had been made enough in her business back in those days to be able to put the down payment on my family's home, my childhood home, you know, my first childhood home. And, So I remember also internalizing, you know, mom sold her business because of what happened to me, you know, to be with me. And I started like creating some of these, these storylines, right. And kind of like taking on more of that burden and more of that burden. And so fast forward, you know, I'm in my teens, I'm, I'm doing great at soccer. I end up getting a scholarship. I go to college, I play, I, um, you know, I get the scholarship. I'm the captain of the team, you know, definitely an Enneagram three, like do all the things I said I was going to do, um, graduate at the top of my class and do really well in all of those things. Um, all the while having a, definitely like a restrictive eating, uh, issue going on in the background for control management mm, for anxiety. Yeah. Um, not being in therapy during those times, but just knowing enough to know like soccer was my therapy. That's how I understood myself it was an outlet. It was a place for me to go play and to, to lead and to be with others and, um, to just know myself. I think that's the other piece, right? So I would ask those that are listening right now, there are so many parts of your story that connect to how you operate now and and why you want to do what you want to do that you probably haven't even realized. And you, you are so prepared for what it is you're feeling called to go do, but you just haven't, connected the dots on it yet. You know, you just haven't realized how your story has literally led you like moment by moment by moment to exactly what it is you're feeling called to step into next. It's, it's kind of freaky when you look back and you go, Oh, whoa. You know, like I was, 
I was one of the, the leaders in our student athlete advisory council and I was doing all these projects on campus and trying to help people like honestly like get to the heartbeat about what our department what the university was actually about like I was helping the university figure out like its core values <laughs> like as a student athlete like I was helping the university and the athletic department do that as a student there and you know I was a journalism major um, in English and I loved writing and I loved asking questions you know, what do I do? I interview yeah. people for a living. So Coaching, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and coach. And so then, um, my, I had the fortune and the gift of, um, having great relationships while I was a student athlete and then walking, literally walking into the job in the athletic department as the marketing coordinator. Now I was an English major. I was not a marketing professional in any way, shape or form. I was not a business major in any way, shape or form. But because of my relationships and my natural um, entrepreneurial spirit and creativity and can-do attitude of like, I don't know how to design newspaper ads. I don't know how to, but, but I understand psychology and I understand how people, why people make decisions and I'm willing to put the work in. So they're like, we'll give you 20 grand for the whole year and no benefits for your first job. Like, yeah. You, and I thought I was, I was like, I am so rich. Like I felt... Like hey, I the felt wealthiest. the same when I got oh paid God. about that. It's like 20, I'm like loaded, you know, before that, all the money I had just went like to books and feed, <laughs> you know, like uh, your meal plans and stuff. And so I'm like literally rich. I have 20 grand coming in for the year and I have this job that I'm obsessed with and I get to go to work every day and I would just work, you know, like crazy, mm. crazy hours. Cause that's all I had in my life was just this job. Now my parents lived close by and I would go visit on, you know, whenever I had a free weekend because I worked in sports. So I had nights and weekend events and, you know, I managed seven ticketed sports at a time, um, building these programs and helping, you know, create culture on campus and, and get butts and seats and sell tickets. And I just, I learned everything about grassroots marketing, you know, and bootstrapping. And I, there were really limited resources in our department. I worked at the university of New Hampshire, my alma mater. And, um, I knew that I, again, like wasn't going to be a burden was going to figure out the creative solution to sell as many tickets as possible with the, the smallest marketing budget that you could possibly imagine. Um, and I quickly ascended throughout my career. I was there for 10 years and every two years I was promoted. I took on the whole corporate sales department at one point. I eventually went from, you know, by the time I left, I was the associate AD for marketing and strategic initiatives. Um, and I was the, going to be the president of all the sport marketing professionals in the country. And I had just like worked it, you know, I, I loved it. I was super passionate. I believed so much in the mission of what our university was about. And especially like being the captain of the team and having been an athlete who also I will share in my career had um, multiple like significant knee surgeries to the point where I had to relearn how to walk three times. Um, we had to relearn how to bend my leg and go through that and get, and then get back on the field for the, for the regular season. Um, and can and I so, ask, when did you yeah. discover like personal development and mm. coaching and, and this whole industry that you're in now? Good question. Not until, um, honestly, like 2010. Uh, so, so let contextually, I left my collegiate athletics career in 2014 and the, I, I wasn't really into that. I mean, I liked Oprah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I, it wasn't accessible really at the levels that I was playing at. And social media was just, I mean, I was working in collegiate athletics when I was like a Facebook 
page. Like, what is this? You know, yeah, Instagram. You're MySpace and- <laughs> like I was like, I'm the one who made the first post for the department, totally. you know? <laughs> so I, that stuff was all like burgeoning at that time. And it wasn't as, it wasn't really on the radar back then, but I will say it was my athletics, you know, like to be able to perform at the levels at which I had to perform at as an athlete and w- that aligned with my goals the things I needed to know about myself in order to push past um, the times when I didn't want to go out in the field and train. You know, I would be the kid in high school who on a Saturday, you know, they would, there'd be a party and I'd be at the field doing sprints, like kicking long balls by myself and sprinting after it. Because no one at my high school had the same, no one had that dream. They didn't want to play in college. I was the only one. I was playing on teams year round. My parents were driving me all over our state. You know, we live in New Hampshire. So it, it soccer wasn't as evolved even in eighth grade for me um, in my middle school there that was the first year that there was a girls team for uh, it was like I played with boys all the way up until I was like 13 so you know it sounds crazy to say that but that's how it was you know and it wasn't the world that we're in now I mean I played on boys teams and got yelled at by the parents and call all kinds of names and <laughs> yeah. you know like all of that but that was those things all carved carved me, you know, and crafted my, my tenacity and my grit. And I just knew I was here for it. And so, um, yeah, like that's, that's the, 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 the beat of the drum that my, my life is about, you know, is about coming home to who I really am about standing up for what's right. It's about helping people get to the truth, like their real truth, Mm -hmm. peeling back all of the other stuff you know, all the conditioning, all the patterning, all the programming that makes us feel paralyzed and afraid. And then helping them really pursue the purpose, you know, like the real reason that they're here, helping them remember that because so many of us have just distorted that purpose to try to, you know, receive love um, because we crave it so deeply. Can I just say, like, first of all, there is so much that we could explore. <laughs> you know, and we're not even we're not even at the business yet, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, I love it. So, I mean, what's coming up for me in terms of hearing your story is, you know, from an early age, you went through some trauma, yeah, and you were essentially like forced to face it. And you Mm -hmm. brought yourself at a young age to face it. You had this huge dichotomy happening of your parents. Thank God they supported you. And then you had these other people who were like questioning your truth. And you were really wrestling with like, what does truth really mean? And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, am I lying? Am I telling the truth? Like all this sort of stuff you're wrestling with. And, and so it's like, I can hear this, this sense of, um, finding your truth, finding conviction in what you believe in. Uh, and I, and I see, you know, your messaging, I see how you run your business and it's fascinating. Cause I even, I was, it, you know, every time someone tells their story, you always hear their story, but you're actually hearing your own story. Uh, and so as you're telling your story, I'm thinking about like the, cause I know that a lot of your, um, like, when I say like messaging or what you bring to this world in, in a unique way is you really especially help females like uncover, and of course males as well, but like I know yeah. you have a lot of females to really uncover that almost like the trauma that they've gone through and to see healing in that, which is what yeah. you've gone through. Like it's your, it's your key signature story. And I know for me, you know, I had, I know I teach a lot of people around speaking 
And it's like, I had traumas in speaking and just Mm -hmm. speaking in front of people and, and uh, you know, and it just really affected me. And it's fascinating how our traumas and the things that we go through, like eventually form a lot of our messaging and a lot of what we do and bring to the world. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Um, For you, when you made that transition into like starting to actually, I wanted to ask about when you tell me about the process of you really seeing healing in the trauma that you went through, like when did that start Mm. and and how did you start to, you know, move through that? Mm. Um, You know, it, it wasn't until I was about 30 that I like really decided I wanted to, to get serious about it because, um, the way that that trauma was manifesting, um, was definitely in this place of, I would say victim archetype in a lot of ways within myself, you know, and I actually, I got married when I was 25 to my college sweetheart. And then a year later we got divorced and it, I, I knew that it wasn't the right choice, but I didn't know how to say that. I was I didn't want to disappoint people that I loved and I didn't want to, you know, damage. And I, I and to be completely honest, I was just grateful to actually be loved by someone mm-hmm. because I didn't love myself. And at all. I mean, I, I literally hated myself for from my teens all the way into my my mid to late twenties. And that's a fact. And, and it was extremely painful. And of course, the, the eating disorder was just a control mechanism, you know, to yeah. try to cope with it. And um, when I was 30 or like 29, you know, um, I was in my late 20s, I met my, my now husband, Ben, and he was he's just, you know, one of the greatest gifts of my lifetime. And he is my best friend. And, you know, I'm so grateful that he's my life partner. And Um, I felt like I had a foundation, you know, I felt, I felt safe, I think in a lot of ways. Um, and I knew it was time for me to face this thing head on because I knew I couldn't a be who I wanted to be as a mother because I wanted to be a mom. That was my earliest dream of my life was to be a mother. But my second dream to write books and to speak, I couldn't do that hating myself. Mm. And I knew that I needed to face that, you know, it was like, it's time. What so it was it therapy. Like I, I went and saw an actual um, psychologist to work who worked with people who had eating disorders, and um, you know she was she was amazing and she pushed me super hard and she said you know I really think that you should go on medication and to deal with anxiety and I just said to her and this is this is my personal story so I don't recommend this for anyone else but I said to her I I have to feel this mm. I have to go through this like That's this so is true. my healing process like mm. I cannot. I can't take something to numb what I literally have to feel in order to heal. And, you know, Colin, there were days where I would say to myself in the morning, um, you know, it was like I was coaching myself, you know, I would lay my clothes out the night before and say, you can't, you're not allowed to change this. So choose what you want now, because in the morning, there's not going to be a negotiation or like a meltdown in the closet over what you're going to wear the next day. Right. Cause you're running a pattern of like, yes, just like, wanting to change everything and not stress, being happy with control, it and, anxiety, never yeah. good enough. Uh, when you look in the mirror, if you're not kind to yourself or at least just neutral, you can't use the mirror to put your makeup on today. So basically I was like tough loving myself, but it yeah. was very loving. Cause I had to, I had to break the pattern because I was just perpetuating the pattern in my closet or in the mirror or in like these different places or in the kitchen, you know, opening the refrigerator and like crying because I didn't know what to eat. Um, And of course, in between in my twenties, I did competitive fitness competitions because 
because if I can't, you know, get skinny doing that, then I'm, you know, so I knew I had my own number. I knew exactly what I was doing and I just knew it was time to get serious. And so that worked like it, the work was incredible, but I had to be fully committed to it in order for it to work. And I was. Yeah. I love like, cause before you really worked through at the age of 30, like you're a performer yeah. in terms of like you performed, like you showed up, you know, you, you yeah. hear your story of like working in marketing or being a, an elite athlete at your level, mm-hmm. like, you know, really just, just being committed. And it's mm-hmm. so fascinating. I, I watch this all the time, especially even in, in our industry is like a lot of the time people perform really well. But if they never actually work through some of the deeper story and the deeper stuff that's going on for them, they end up either derailing and having like a major personal crisis, like their whole life Mm -hmm. falls to pieces, or they end up just just burning out. Right. Um, And it sounds like, you know, you, and I loved what you were saying with, I think eventually you have to feel it anyway. Like, you know, there's no shame in using medication or anything like that. No, not at all. Anyone's using that. Like it's a, it's a, you know, if it's recommended, it's it's, a great tool, right. For the process. But eventually you have to feel it. Yeah. Well, and I just knew, um, because I went, I walked into it. It was like such a spiritual experience, you know, and I wasn't even really spiritual then, but like I walked up to the line of my life and it was like looking myself in the eyes and saying like, you know, you're here for, for big work and you know it and you're afraid of it. And so this is the first step in moving Mm -hmm. through this deep pain. And you, and, and I knew like, I wasn't going to walk through that doorway without myself. Like I had to heal my relationship with me. It wasn't about anybody else. I had to learn how to respect myself and love myself. And, and I, and that term self-love used to make me full body cringe. Like I hated that term. Like people to sell, I'd be like, okay, you know, like I'd roll my eyes at them, like self love, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't call and I had no tolerance for it. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, and now, I mean, I have a lot of compassion for the people that I serve that, that still exp- are still challenged with that, you know, that still are, feel the challenge with having self compassion. I like the word self compassion even better than self love because it feels more active. Like, I agree. you know, we're really good at being compassionate for other people. Like, you know, don't you believe you deserve to have compassion for yourself? You know, like you've, mm. you've been through a lot, mm. you know, you've been through a lot. And then when you can kind of, that's a beautiful exercise to just think about like, what if you weren't you? And what if you was somebody else and they went through all of the stuff that you've gone through? How would you feel for them? Like, what would you say to them? How would you treat them? And it's, it's kind of wild to realize I would be such a different person to her than how I am to me. Wow. It's such, that's such a, even as I think about it now, you know, it's such a powerful reflection exercise, uh, self-compassion exercise. Yeah. And I love that. I, um, when you said you started seeing a psychologist, I know for me, when, uh, when Sarah, my wife, uh, she got cancer, probably over 10 years ago, I really didn't cope that well mm-hmm. and with it. And that was when I actually went and saw a psychologist for the first time and he, he fundamentally changed my life, like the yeah. methodologies that he took yeah. me through. Um, and I so like, I just wanted to even, you know, acknowledge that and bring that up because I think even there'll be a bunch of listeners out there. And if you're an expert or you're running, you're a coach, you're thinking, you know, I shouldn't need help or I shouldn't need any right. sort of, and, right. and at, literally at this time when I saw, when I saw a psychologist, I was speaking at major corporations, like all over Australia, around the world. 
And like from the outside, people would have said, Hey, you're a performer like you, you're a performer. Mm -hmm. And, and I think sometimes like we're trying to help everyone else, but we actually (laughs) need to help ourselves first to be able to Mm -hmm. do our real work on the planet. Absolutely. And so that you can feel, you know, like authentic all the way through. And, you know, somebody said a quote recently, like the, the leader, the best leader is the calmest person in the room or something along those lines. And, you know, I just, I think about, you know, I want, I, I really want to be at peace with myself. Like I want to accept myself in all of the ways I want. That's like life goal status for me that, that I'm not trying to over control everything and, um, having, I'm having intolerance for aspects of myself because the reality is Colin. and, And I've just seen this play out in my own personal life because I've done so much, you know, deep inquiry work and like studying my own timeline in such an intimate way, the, the times and places where I was so cruel to myself, like I absolutely was cruel to others. Like it's impossible to think that, that, that those two things are, are mutually exclusive. You know, it's just, it's just facts. And I think, you know, motherhood was the doorway for me that changed my entire life and, um, becoming Ani's mom. What, I mean, it's the greatest, privilege and honor, you know, like it makes me just want to burst into tears, like of my whole life. Like I have to be the best version of me for her. Yeah. I love that. Um, what, what have been some decisions that have helped you to really go to the next level, like, Mm -hmm. and really like move up and work through that stuff. Even the last, you know, two or three years, I'm curious, like it could have been a challenge that you're facing where you were like, I need to show up for Anna. I need to show mm-hmm. up for my mm-hmm. family, for my husband, for my tribe. Like what have been some things that you've worked through even recently that you really acknowledge yourself that you've showed up and stepped mm-hmm. into? You know, it's, this might be surprising, um, but I've had to lean into my feminine leadership more and more and more. I've had to try softer and not harder. My, uh, yeah, my inclination is always to push, right. To do the sprints on the line, to like lift more weight. You know, I, I was literally trained my whole childhood, adolescence into my twenties to override pain. Like, Oh, you're hurting. Great. That means you're progressing. So let's hurt more. Mm. And so, you know, like when your lungs are burning and you can't breathe, that means like, active recovery on a soccer pitch, like active recovery, you don't walk, you keep running. And so that was my whole orientation to life. But then coming in and having your own business and having your family's income literally on your shoulders after Mm -hmm. you make the collective decision to retire Ben from his police career. And now the entire, you know, the way that we make money is it's on me to do that. I mean, Ben's here to support and he helps and he makes money through his podcast production company. But for a little while, you know, and really like the, the, the decision was made that this business is the one that's going to be our, you know, our baseline for Mm -hmm. the family. Um, of course I want to just hit the ground running and start doing sprints. That's actually easier, but that's not where I'm able to tap into the, the really deep emotional transformational work. That's not that vulnerability that I just shared in getting into tears, talking about Ani that vulnerability right there is the thing that moves people. And it's not an act. It's not a performance. It's, it's the truth. It's real. But I think that we're so 
conditioned to just armor that up and to shutter it away and to not to not go there because people are uncomfortable with emotion, you know, and, and expression of emotion like that. And um, I've had to soften and accept the whole of myself, which includes a very strong feminine leader who can like bring you through the fire and walk through the battle with you, but also I'm going to, I'm going to love you there. And I just, I think Colin to be completely candid um, and I'll speak specifically for women because I mostly support women, but even with the, the, the few guys that I've coached as well, um, we are, we're missing the, the magic because we're just trying to push so hard all the time to get to the quick solutions and the shortcuts and we're missing all of the gold, like all of the gems that live already within us that have always been there, that if we just slowed down and listened, we could access them. And then we could express and share them in really unique and innovative and beautiful ways that will change the whole game. And I think if you look at the most successful people that are out in, in our space, um, they have all figured out how to do that in their own unique ways. Hmm. And, um, so what does that look like for you? Yeah. So what it looks like in practice, um, is practicing what I preach. So hmm. I literally work, I mean, I never work more than 20 hours a week, maybe 15 in a week. Hmm. And wow. it's always been that way from the beginning of time, because the reality is the reason why I created my business in the first place and left my corporate career was because I wanted to be more present for the life that I'm actually living. Like my business is not about the business. My business is about my life. Yeah. And so I don't work uh, in my business to make myself significant, to make myself feel like I matter, to make myself, you know, like I do my business because it's joyful for me. And, and it's, a, it's a place where I learn more about myself and I get to expand and I, of course, get to help people, mm. right? It's like part of the expression, just like, you know, inviting friends over and, or having a family dinner is like, it's like all this beautiful flow for me. And I can't, um, I like, I don't, I don't, I care about making, you know, a particular amount of money to support my family. But like, you know, me, I'll just throw the, I'll throw the goals out. I will throw all of that stuff out. Like sometimes I feel like an alien when I sit on our mastermind calls, because I'm just like, too much, not doing it. Like I, nope, too, nope. Many goals. <laughs> too much, too much. Um, and, um, yeah. So let me figure out the right way to say this. It's like, it's, it's about being a whole person, not just a one dimensional version of myself. And I think that like, we might, people talk about that and like market it out in the space, but they don't actually live it. It's, it's so true. I, um, and I, I, what I'm curious about with is like, what are, what are some of the decisions that you've made to build a holistic life? Yeah. Um, because I think one of the biggest challenges, uh, in running a personal brand business sometimes for a lot of people is that when you are the business, you think you are the business. Mm. And so mm -hmm. what I mean by that is like, you try to do everything. You try to show up all the time. You try to do all the things and it just completely exhausts you. Yeah. And I know we were having a conversation offline a little while ago about like building a business that actually is a business you could sell, even if you don't want to mm -hmm. sell it yeah. um, and building a business that supports your lifestyle rather than you supporting the business. Uh, yeah. 
I mean. So what are some decisions? Because I've really even been like contemplating and just really, I mean, Sarah and I are always working hard on making decisions to make our business work for our life. What are some things that you do that have really helped like even recently or that you stick mm-hmm. by? I think, you know, look at the season of life that you're in. I think that's really important. And it's evaluating what season of life are we in right now and what are our needs for our life? And how is is the work, the businesses that we're running, how are they going to support that? And I think often because we've just been trained, it's like the it was the other way around. You know, it's like, how is our life going to work with the business that we're launching? And I think one of the, the biggest challenges that I see most entrepreneurs struggle with is we come to our businesses already not feeling worthy and not feeling like we're good enough. And then we start using the business as like the, the proving mechanism as the, as the metric for our worth. And that's backwards. And that's the, (laughs) that's the big work that actually needs to be done. And I see it, you know, like you can see it on an Instagram feed, you know, when that's playing out. And those are usually the people that I work with to help them, um, really solidify their sense of, of knowing themselves, of giving themselves permission to be themselves, um, showing them if, that if they actually showed up that way, their business would thrive even more. Um, and so then like, just once you kind of have established that, okay, we're in this season of life. And so for us right now, just like you, we have a, a small child and our biggest priority is to be as present with her as we can possibly be. That's just number one. And to me, if the business starts to ask more of me than, than I'm comfortable with, I just say no. You know, I just, I just said to Kristen, I'm like, you know what? It's starting to get warm. It's going to be summertime. Cancel all of the podcast interviews that I have, except for like the couple, like yours didn't get canceled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cancel like all these podcast interviews that are booked out in the summertime because I, we just don't need to do them. And I would much rather, like I, these people are lovely and wonderful and great, but I would much rather be dipping my toes in the water with my daughter on a July afternoon for like the four months in New Hampshire where it's warm than sitting in my office sweating doing a podcast interview. Yeah. So I think like those kinds of questions um, you have to ask and then you have to look at it and go, okay, let's get honest. Like how much of, why does that make me afraid? You know, am I afraid if I cancel those podcast interviews that people are going to think that, that I think I'm too good or it was, I, you know, like what it, it's a whole rabbit hole calling. Wow. Like it's that is beautiful. such a rabbit hole. Yeah. It's so good though. That this is the work, like let's mm. do this deep work. And this is why I can't give you like an exact science because it's going to be a different pathway for every single person, mm. but that's really the, the key. And then it's like, okay, well, what do we need to make in our business in a month? Like, what are we, what, like, what are the basics? You know, like, what do we need to cover so that we can pay our our living expenses and we can pay our team and, and, you know, meet all those and then save. What is that? And then what, what are the goals? Like what stretches us a little bit? Like, let's push ourselves. We don't want to just break even, but like, what are we going to set to push above that? And then reverse engineer it and look at what does that then look like? You know, and how do we map that out? What does that look like in in the way of the number of breakthrough calls that we need to have? Like that's where the metrics all come in. Um, but I also have the the mentality at any moment to hold on loosely, not let go, to cancel things, to delete things, to change things, to pivot. And, you know, being in the season of a global pandemic, like the joke's on all of us um, because, you know, the event that I have. Actually, a lot of events. My April say. event brings in like a third of our annual revenue and that's not mm-hmm. even happening. And so the good news is because I operate that way, it's all gravy. 
we're fine. Mm -hmm. It's no problem. You know, I don't, my business isn't set up in such a way that I am trying to catch up all the time. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I just, I like to travel light and keep things lean. Um, and part of it is because I, my vision looks like, you know, being really, there's my cat who loves to join when I have interviews. <laughs> Hold on. I see second. it. Yeah. Hanging out in the background. Oh, buddy, he did. I, I forgot to warn you that that would happen. Um, you know, my business is set up in such a way that, you know, our overhead's really low and, um, it's very sustainable. So I, I think holistic sustainability, these are some really powerful words that can help us to feel really free. I think and that's so smart um, because I want to speak to that because I feel like, so because my background was in professional speaking and professional speakers have basically no costs because their clients pay for right. them to, to travel, to, to eat where they go to travel to. And then they, most of them don't even have an assistant, but right. my journey of getting into this, the public market and running a digital business with staff and so forth, I've seen a lot of people, they like spend so much money on, staff or like team, yeah. team or ads mm -hmm. or just, and just random crap. Right. And, it, and I love that. Like you've kind of built in that measure where you run lean and so that you're not like super pressure on yourself. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. curious, what's your, what's your vision? Like, are you like, are you wanting to really like scale, scale this up or are you like, feeling really good where it's at. Um, because I mean, you run a really successful business. Like I would say, you know, anyone, probably any woman listening to this podcast would love to have your level of business right now. Right. Yeah. And so, but I'm curious, like, cause I know sometimes it's like, it, yeah, like what, what are you feeling for your business and what does it look like moving mm -hmm. into the future? Yeah. You know, I think at the core, Colin, um, I want to, I just want to write as much as I can write. You know, that's, I, when I think about like, who are the people that you admire? I always ask my clients to do this exercise because I think it's really helpful and it's changed. You know, for me, it's definitely evolved over time, but you think of like the, the top, like three to five people in any profession that you just really admire. And you're like, Oh, I, I like, I really kind of jive with how they do things. And I would like to create my life, my business to have some, some sort of, you know, semblance of what's going on over there. I laugh because mine's always, it's always writers and they're like, they don't really have teams. Like they just write and then they just sit and think, and then they write more and then they just like make coffee and live in the woods. And, um, <laughs> You Which know, so I, what you do. that's kind of what I do. And then I, and I love, I love talking to people. I love coaching. Yeah. I love helping people. So it's like a combo pack of those two things. I used to have these huge aspirations of like all oh, these big stages I want to speak on mm -hmm. and stuff. But what I realized is like, is the chicken or the egg thing. And I thought oh, for a long time, like I've got to build all the, build this big platform and do all this so that like publishers will even care about what I have to say. And I've learned along the way that I care so much less about all of those things now. And I just want to, I just want to help the people that are right in front of me. Mm. And I've, the, the fact of the fact of the fact is that I built my business and, and this is a core value for me, you know, one heartbeat, one dream, one family at a time. You know, I, I, um, I don't forget that. And to me again, like that's the integrity, the holistic, um, view that I take when it comes to my business. So you know, sometimes we're talking about all these strategies and all these things on our mastermind calls. And I'm just like, that's helpful. I like to learn it and hear it, but it, a lot of it's just not applicable for what it is that I'm creating. And you know, that, that funnel that I was sharing that we've created in my business, it's kind of like, it's our bread and butter and, and, yeah. and it works. It just, it just works. But here's why it works. 
because we actually give people time. We spend time talking to people and caring about them and not treating them like they're a metric. Mm. And I think that's like the philosophical conversation that I'm having, you know, in a much deeper way. And I just think like all along, it's always been about that for me. And the times when it's felt really challenging, Colin, to be honest, was in the places where I felt like I was wrong for that. Mm. Oh, it's so true. I feel like in our industry, there's almost like a shame of, oh, so you're still just doing one-on-one coaching. And I actually say that to my clients a lot. Like, um, and that's what I love about you. And I thought about it before we had our conversation today was I love about what I love about you is like your willingness to roll up your sleeves and to, to work through the mud with your clients and to help them work through their crap, like, and to actually spend that time with them to do it. Because I think there's a lot of, when you see people like so-called scaling up, like they do get more distant from their clients and then they kind of like create this almost, you know, iron clad around them, iron tower. And then they end up like being completely disconnected from like the heartbeat of their mission a lot of the time. That's right. Yeah. And I just, um, that's fine. You know, I have no judgment for folks that that Mm. is what they want to do. And I often find that those individuals are actually more entrepreneurial than they are coachy, if that makes yes, sense. That like makes they're so much sense. They're not, they're really business people in that way. And they're not really coaches, but I'm a coach. Like at the core, mm. I um I like to it's like heartbeat to heartbeat. I want to help a person because I think Colin, you know, I've I've suffered a lot in my life, you know, in emotional ways. And there have been guides and mentors on my journey who've been really like have been like saviors to me who've helped me. And mm the ways in which I moved through my, the hardest things in my life were because somebody actually helped me to do that. Like with me, I certainly, there was all of my own introspective work and I never stopped working on my stuff, but I can think like to different people along the path who helped me in profound ways. And I was able to take what I learned and internalize that and then free myself in a new way. And I just know what the value of that is. And I think the other piece is you know, the, the truth is, is most of us are all, you know, like adult children walking around feeling pain and feeling wounded because we didn't get the love that we really craved. And, you know, I, I made these t-shirts for one of my live events that say you matter on them because I just don't think people can, can hear that enough because most of us just don't think it's true. Um, including our own parents. And, and so I, I, I just, I love people so much. Like, I just love people. I care about their hearts. I care about their story. It's just always been me. You know, I remember even like as a little six-year-old, like looking at the, the people in the, the court, you know, and thinking about like, I wonder what their story is. I wonder mm-hmm. like if they have kids and like what they think about and what they worry about. And I, I used to walk through the hallway of my, um, my old corporate spot, you know, my athletic department. And I would think, so I was carrying the little papers back from the copy machine, you know, I wonder what their dreams are in there bouncing around on the walls that maybe they're not brave enough to say out loud. They're not living into, you know, like, I wonder what they're worried about today. Like, I, I just, I, I love people. And so my business is set up for me to be in my natural gift of mm. loving and walking with people and helping them get to the, the heartbeat of what matters the most so that they can set their life up for that. Because here's the thing, Colin, you know, the reality is this, like, and this gets like a little maybe dark to think about, but um, my, my mom and dad, my mom is 70, my dad is 75. I think about like how many, how many Christmases do I have? 
mm. left. You know, like Ani is six. How many more Halloweens do I get to trick or treat with her? Like, I, I think of those, those, those metrics, like those are the metrics that really matter. And I don't want to miss them. I don't want to miss the moments that I don't get a do over on because I had some business goal that like what, so I can make multiple seven figures and then who cares? Mm. Like literally who cares? It's not going to say on my headstone where I'm not going to actually be in a grave. It'll be like a tree. It's not going to say multiple seven figures. It's not going to say that. It's not going to say Scaled up their business. <laughs> it's going to say mother, wife, yeah. daughter, sister, friend. So that's what my life is about. And what a privilege that my work in the world gets to be spending time with people and helping them get to what matters most and helping them build a business that actually works for their life. Like it is, prof it's profound. It is an honor and a privilege that I get to do this in this lifetime. And I take that really seriously. And I just really try my hardest not to get caught up in the BS and all of the, the stuff that, that to me really just isn't that important. Mm, such a great reminder because um, it is so easy to just get caught up with all of the hoo-ha out there and the the metrics and you know even mm -hmm. like all the because on I know on Instagram you mentioned on Instagram like you've got a fairly significant following like it's over a hundred thousand people um, but but it's like I just love hearing like that you've built this despite going after those metrics and and all making them the number one goal so. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I cool. mean, my number one goal, I mean, I'll tell you the, what the, the three biggest goals have been along my business journey. It's very simple. The first was be home with Ani and, and not miss the moments I can't get back. So I was there for the first words and the first, and I, you know, started it with $0, zero followers back in 2014. I launched the business. I did the nap time hustle. I had the monitor on the desk usually around this time of the day. Nap and I'd be like, please keep so sleeping. Cute. You know, like that was my life. That's how I built this little thing. Mm -hmm. And the next goal was, so that was 2014. The next goal was retire Ben from his police career, give him more options to actually do his own healing work mm -hmm. for him to discover what it is that he actually wants to do. Like help Ben to have the space to meet himself because he hadn't, I mean, most men haven't been given that opportunity because of their desire to like serve and protect and to provide for their families. And he was literally he, doing that. He was literally <laughs> doing and that. And every yeah. day he would walk out the door calling and I would be like, is this the last time I'm going to see him? I don't wow. know, you know? And so that was number two. We did that in 2017. And the next was, um, you know, build our dream home on the lake. And there's a whole story about that for another wow. day about this exact house that Ben and I literally got to get a tour of in 2009 when we were like just dating out of our previous relationships. Like life was so rocky back then. Mm. And we, we had the, it's, it's a wild story. But then in 2018, we, we earned enough or made enough in the business to be able to build the addition on this dream home on the lake that we had purchased in 2015. And like now that that has, those three things have been accomplished, like I'm not, I'm not like, what's the next thing? I'm, I'm like, hey, you want to enjoy your first summer on the <laughs> pond in your do you want to like experience the new views? Do you want to invite friends over and have barbecues? Like that was the whole point. And so I've had to like remind myself of that and just let myself be 
And the thing that's wild, you know, last summer was our first official summer of like experiencing the house, like in its complete form and having friends come and stay. And it was so amazing. Um, and, it, and it is beautiful. Like, honestly, every time I say it, I'm like, that just looks so peaceful there. It's so, it's, it's so sacred and so special. And there's a lot of meaning, you know, I grew up on mm. Lake Winnipesaukee with my grandfather and the loon, anybody who is from the, the Northern part of North America, you know, the, the loon, the bird, in fact, like this mug I'm holding, um, it's this very sacred stories about places yeah. like this. And I, to be able to like my brother and his, um, wife got married here, right? Like it's all about family. It's all about story. It's all about like honoring what's most sacred. That's what my business has always been about. And it's not only what I aspire to do in my own life, but it's what I help other people to create and do in their lives. And that's, that's everything to me. Scaling's great. You know, like those things are all fun and great, but if it's gotta be for the right reasons and if it's not, you know, then what's the point? It's, it's probably not gonna, it's not gonna feel good, you know, when you get there. Love that. So to, this has just been amazing. It's been so cool hearing your journey and, and the truth that you're living. Uh, to kind of wrap this up, like when you, when you get to the end of your life and mm -hmm. people were to speak about you, what, what are you hoping that they would say and, and desiring that they would say about you? Oh, man, what a question. Um, I would hope that they would just, they would feel like when they were uh, in my presence or, you know, that they just, they knew that they mattered, that somehow my existence just reminded them of the truth, which is that we are all here for a really unique and important reason. And our life is about so much more than, you know, what our job title says or about what our pant size is, or about how many followers we have, or any of those, you know, external metrics that we've sort of been conditioned to believe are important. And yeah, I just would want people to feel by somehow my existence just made them feel more affirmed in, in being who they really are. Beautiful. Amber Lillistrom, you are amazing. Uh, for anyone, and I know it's probably all of you, uh, who resonated with her and her story and you're in this expert space, please go and follow her. She's got an amazing podcast, Amber Lillystrom Show. And uh, thank you so much for being on the Expert Edge. Thanks, Colin. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Love it. So I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Expert Edge. Now, before you go, I've got something really special for you because I know that you know how important your signature story is. It's the way in which you connect with your audience and move them to join your programs without being pushy and salesy. It's the reason why I teach so deeply about it in Self From Stage Academy. Now. Just recently, I created a really useful guide for you. It's called the Signature Story Guide. And what it's gonna do is gonna help you to discover your signature story and ask you some really pivotal questions 
on working out what signature story you should really be telling and then how to tell it. I want you to imagine your next webinar or your next Facebook Live or even your next live presentation and imagine yourself sharing a signature story that truly resonates with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Notice how good that's gonna feel. Notice how empowering that's gonna feel. Now, I really wanna help you out and I wanna actually give you this methodology for free. And it's really simple in how you actually grab it. All you need to do is go to the Expert Edge podcast, which you're listening to right now, and leave an honest written review about the value or the insight that you've got from one of the episodes. Now, before you submit it, all you need to do is take a screenshot of that review and obviously submit the review and then send that image on your phone to support at teamboyd.co. In the subject line, if you can put Expert Edge Review, that'll help us as well. And so send that image to support at teamboy.co. That email address is in the show notes as well with the subject line, Expert Edge Review. And our team's gonna send you back this guide that is gonna help you to discover and share your signature story so that you can connect with your audience and move them to join your programs. I hope this blesses you. I trust it will as you grow and develop your expert business. And I really look forward to reading your review. We'll speak to you soon.